Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop, and this is episode 143. It is Thursday, the first day of February uh, 2024, and February means baseball um, across all levels, college, high school. We'll have truck days coming up when uh, the pro teams load up the trucks and drive them down to spring training in their respective places. So uh, February means baseball. And another place that means baseball is Hit Forth. This podcast is powered by our friends at Hit Forth, the high tech development center that produces pound for pound the most powerful and complete hitters in the state. Located in Austin, Texas, H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com, and on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, cannot recommend those guys enough. Get over there, even if it's a trial session, a swing assessment, or just to check it out and see what they're about. Uh, we've done some podcasts in the past with a couple of, of guys from Hit Forth, both on the strength and conditioning side and the hitting side as well. They're running some special trial deals right now, so go check those guys out. It is certainly not too late if you're looking to fine-tune some things or even getting into you know, something that you can do uh, work-wise away from your usual stuff on the hitting side. It's a perfect place uh, to do that. But Drew, uh, how are you doing? Um, how are uh, how are things in your world right now? I know uh, we're looking at some of the UIL re- realignment stuff, and it was some um, some interesting future districts um, in in certain areas. Yeah, uh, it, it is wild. Um, you know, and Rockwall got stuck in the uh, our got Longview added back um to the mix which is different um it's not easy from a travel standpoint but um there are some districts that were a lot worse um so I haven't haven't had a a whole lot of time to evaluate the whole thing uh but it's definitely uh, it'll definitely be interesting to pay attention to um as they continue to come out throughout the morning but um but yeah, I know it's a, uh, it matters. Like I, I, I mean, there's basically seems like a lot of these schools have like watch parties. Um, <laughs> you know, seriously, like if, like yeah. if you, if you, if you scroll through some of the, like uh, the beat writers for the Dallas area, they're like showing schools like in the cafeteria with their entire athletic staff, mm-hmm. like out there to watch. So big deal. Um, but yeah, kind of, I'm excited to get out of our little, uh, Texas bubble today with our national draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, we did this the Texas player draft last week, and this today we will do the uh, the national player draft, um, which we've done. Is this the second time or the third time we've done it? I know we did it. This last is our year. second national draft. Second this national second draft. Na- so this will yeah. be our second national draft, and it's a little bit different from our Texas draft in that we basically we draft we have twenty four players on a roster, but we do eight from the 2024 class, eight from the 2025 class and eight from the 2026 class. And um, I certainly feel like this time around, I feel like we've either seen or have a better grasp for, for more of those players, just as, you know, we kind of, you know, area codes been become a fixture for us. Um, mm-hmm. And also too, just kind of, you know, you kind of know where to look, you know, now, and, you know, you talk to people, whether it's, um, on the scout side or the agent side or the college coach side or whatever, um, you just kind of know the places to look and, and uh, the people to talk to and things like that. So I uh, feel like we have a, a much better grasp, um, especially to those younger guys as well. 
um, with, with those classes compared to last time around. It was kind of like, you know, kind of looking through video on the internet and things like that and, and trying to figure some things out. So yeah, it'll be, re it'll be really, really fun. Um, I have a feeling maybe mine might be a little bit more West coast biased just because we, we saw a lot of those guys, but um, you know, it'll, it'll be good to kind of dive into that and you, you get to kind of spread the wealth and can go a, a million different ways with your, with your picks, just because you've got the, you know, those entire classes to pick from um, three of those classes. So um, be interesting to see uh, what, what strategy is involved with these selections. Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, there is strategy to it. Uh, last year, I think uh, I'm going to do a better job of keeping track as we go. Um, Cause I think I want to say you ended up with one extra 24. I don't remember. Exactly yeah. What it was, something but we were, yeah, we were, yeah. we were one off. We were one off. Somebody had an extra of one age group, but um, yeah, I was looking back at last year's draft just to kind of, you know, number one, uh, because we're going to do keepers um, you'll get a 24 keeper and a 25 keeper. And so mm -hmm. will I. Um, so the strategy starts taking shape there. Uh, but it was interesting to see. I went back and looked uh, at, you know, I was interested to see the 23 guys and where they ended up uh, draft wise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I think I had the first one with Max Clark being the third pick. Then you had Walker Jenkins being the fifth pick. Uh, I had Noble Meyer as the 10th pick. Uh, Bryce Eldridge as the 16th. You had Rafael Velasquez as the 23rd. Um, a couple, you had a couple, uh, comp round a guys with Thomas White and Charlie Soto and Kevin McGonigal also. Um, let's see, I had Eric Batonti and Cooper Pratt in the third and sixth round respectively. And then there was a couple guys on here that ended up in college that we would have thought had no chance to do so. Um, with you, with Cameron Johnson, uh, Adam Hatchman for me ended up with Arkansas partially due to an injury, I think. Uh, but yeah, it, it was interesting to go back and look at it. Um, and then see to, you know, start being able to track and see how these guys progress. One thing that's been a huge deal lately, uh, especially in this class, uh, this 24 group is all the reclassified guys. Um, yeah. there's a, there's a, been a bunch of them, these top prospects in baseball that have started doing so. And then it seems like football is happening a lot too, but, so there's going to be some guys that get taken today that were part of that reclass uh, group. And um, and it's funny because some of the guys that were at the very tip top of the 25 class are at the very tip top of the 24 class. Um, so we'll we'll get into some of that as we go. But um, yeah, excited, to, excited to see. Um, I got my keepers. Are you ready with yours? I, I am ready with my keepers. And yeah, a, a point about the reclass, it's, it's it's funny that like these guys reclass and they basically be like move up an age group and are like the same prospect in that class it kind of it's like you know some some models and pro teams will obsess over the age of a guy and it's like well if you have these guys are they reclassifying and they're immediately becoming the same type of prospect in those class like how big of a deal is it you know whether some of these guys are um 19 years old at draft day or 18 years and three months and all that sort of stuff so uh but anyway uh, yeah, I think I am. I think I am ready for, uh, for my keepers. So, um, why don't I'm, you, let me, uh, I'm, I'm going to, let me see if I can guess who, um, I'm going to say your 24 keeper is Connor Griffin. 
Um, and I'm going to say that your 25 keeper is Billy Carlson. Close. Um, my, you got, you got my 24 keeper, which was actually a okay. tough, which was a tough one um, between yeah. him and, and, and PJ Orlando. My 25 yeah. keeper will be Ethan Holiday. <laughs> so my plan didn't work. No, um, no. Uh, it's, okay. you know how much I like Billy Carlson, uh, but you can't speak the uh, Ethan Holiday going back to the draft pool into existence. Well, yeah, yeah, I was shocked last year. I almost took him first last year. And um, you kind of threw off my strategy from the get go because I thought I could get cute, but I didn't think you would go that young early. Um, but you did. And then keeping him for this year. So I imagine you'll keep him for next year, too. Um, OK, so you're going Con Connor Griffin. And just so people know for that haven't listened to our Texas version of this, we have to announce uh, where we're putting them. Uh, mm -hmm. from a position standpoint, just so we can keep track of that. Um, so Ethan Holiday and I assume Connor Griffin is an outfielder. Well, I'm actually going to put him at utility because oh. he had some recent pitching video okay. that was like electric. Okay. Uh, so okay. I, I, I'm going to so, put, I'm going to slide him into that utility spot. Okay. So you're, you're, you're going to the strategy that I am too, uh, for my first keeper. Um, I'm going to, for my, uh, 24 keeper, I'm going to go with Bryce Rainier. Um, and I'm going to put him at utility as well. Yeah, smart. Um, and then my, any guesses on my 25 keeper? Your 25 keeper. Let's see here. Um, Evil? Well, I'm going to go with Sean Gamble uh, from okay. IMG. Uh, just electric player, really good instincts, um, a lot of juice for his frame. Uh, and it's a frame that I think is going to add some weight and keep the agility and athleticism on it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Sean Gamble and put him at shortstop for my okay. uh, for my team. So. All right. So that that'll do it for our keepers. Um and then just as a reminder, like Dustin mentioned, both of us will get eight 2024s, eight 2025s, and eight 2026s in whatever order we choose. But that, that'll that be the model. So some like like he mentioned, some strategy to it. Um, we will be tracking it as we go. Um, and I will do my best to be able to count this year. Uh, yeah. So get off track. <laughs> I'm gonna. So, I'm like. I'm like marking it on my writing sheet, like doing um as I go. All right, I got. I got. Yeah. So I. I. I yeah, you keep track too, because we're gonna have to check ourselves just so we don't uh have that happen again. So yeah. All right. Let's let. Since you got the first pick, it's uh, so different the first... than the than the Texas one because the Texas one is kind of more defined of of where you need <clears> to go to to uh to grab guys. So um. I don't know if this will end up being like, you know, maybe I should have gone younger or whatever, but I'm going to start in the 2025 class and I'm going to take the guy who I believe is head and shoulders, the best pitching prospect in the class. And that's oh. Seth, that's Seth Hernandez. Wow. Uh, okay. All right. I, I, you said 25, I thought you were going somewhere else, but okay. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Seth Hernandez because I think that he's going to have staying power as, the best pitching prospect in that class. 
this time next year, I think we'll be talking about Seth Hernandez and the way people are talking about Noble Meyer um, coming out of out of his summer and, and how he solidified himself as kind of the best right-handed pitching prospect in, the, in a first-round kind of talent. So um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Seth Hernandez and, and lock in one of my pitchers. Great pick. Um, I had him at the very top of my board, not first, um, but when you said 25, I thought you were going to steal my guy again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy that just absolutely destroys baseballs um, and another member of the reclassified group. Uh, but I'm going to go with outfielder Quentin Young. Um, just the guy's a freak. I mean, he's, he's always been a freak. He hits, uh, he hits for power. He can run, he can play infield. I'm going to have him as an outfielder to start for me. Uh, but man, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited because I, I didn't think that there was much of a chance for me to, to have him available right there. So, um, yeah. So Quentin Young for me right there. Yeah. He, I, I definitely, I definitely considered him um, just, he was, he was just so unbelievably good when we saw him and reclassifying to the 2025 class. Um, So really, really fun guy. Um, Man, this is tough because you can, you can kind of start to dip into the 2026s and then there's all the really, really good 2024s. Um, I'm probably good. I'm probably gonna go. I'm gonna go with another two way guy in the 2025 class. And you tried to speak me into keeping this guy, and I'm just gonna draft him instead. I'm gonna go with Billy Carlson. Um, I'm a sucker for the the actions on the infield, um, the hitting profile, the physical projection. But if you've never seen video of this guy pitch it's a pretty special operation on the mound to really quick, loose arm can really, really spin the baseball. It wouldn't surprise me. Now I think there'll be fewer questions about him from kind of the hit tool side and sticking at shortstop long-term than Bryce Rainier, but it wouldn't surprise me if we get to this point and be like, man, you know what? Billy Carlson might be just as good of a pitching prospect as he is an, an infield prospect as well. So he's been a long, long time favorite of mine. Um, I'm going to put him into the utility spot and put another dynamic two-way guy in there that um, is one of my favorites in that class. Yeah, he's we've long known about him, long liked him. Um, you know, it's funny, like we, we talk about this some um, on some other episodes, but it's funny to see that different pockets uh, state, like geographically, and mm-hmm. how active kids are on Twitter. Uh, but so far, Billy is, from everything I can tell, not very active there. Um, I don't even know if he it, has a Twitter account. I, yeah, I, I, I haven't think found it. But neither, same with Sean Gamble. Uh, uh-huh. Same with Sean Gamble. So the 25 class, um, when it comes to Twitter uh, in different parts of the country, is not as active as some of the other places. And and. I like that. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. We love all the Twitter content we can get. And luckily for us, we can get plenty of content on these guys as far as video goes. But I don't know, just may or may not mean anything. But to me, it kind of just signals that they're all about business, whether that's the case or not. That's how I'm going to take it. So, um, but yeah, great pick. We are obviously both huge fans of his. Um, 
Okay. So with my next pick, hmm, I have a couple options. What I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to, uh, backing up. So if we take a guy at a position, that means that we have seen him play there. Not necessarily live, but there's at least footage or reports of people playing in this position. So we can't yeah. just take people and stick them places that, right. you know, just to, just to load up a lineup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take a guy that um, is a reclassified guy uh, who's moved from the 25 to the 24 class. Um, and I'm going to put Noah Franco um, as my first baseman. We actually okay. saw him play some first base out at area code. Uh, but I, I mean, this is a guy that has a, a legitimate two-way potential, um, yeah. and just a special player, uh, big time, big time athlete has some juice, has some athleticism. Um, he was the other guy, it was between him and Rainer for me for that keeper spot and, uh, ending, ending up with both of them. I feel pretty good about that. So I'm going to go with Noah Franco there, put him in my first base slot can really hit i um i mean he's fun on the mound it's you know fastball slider good operation but uh, he was his at bats were i thought about as good and consistent um as anybody that was at the upper class area code um just pitch plate skills pitch recognition all that sort of stuff a really exciting player a fantastic get for tcu especially if he if he ends up on campus i mean i'm sure that you know he's projected pretty much to be a late first rounder everywhere you look. So they're going to be sweating that one, but um, really, really good uh, fun player for sure. Um, hmm. I kind of made the mistake with the Texas draft of, of waiting a little too long in outfield. And it's, I feel like you kind of go through and you can, you know, name off shortstop after shortstop, after shortstop, after shortstop. And a lot of these classes yeah. outfield might be a little tougher. So um, I'm going to go again to the 2025 class and I'm going to take Dean Moss as an outfielder mm. can really, really hit. And I, what I love about him is he's often played up in age level in the summer against really, really good competition. And he's hit there uh, yeah. just like plate skills, the way he processes the swing, um, the bat speed. I think you can, you know, maybe project him as a center fielder, um, but even if not long-term, I mean, the bat's going to play really, really well in the corner, but he just hit, he can hit. And he had one of my favorite at bats of, of all of last year where I forget where, who was pitching, but they threw him a really nasty breaking ball and he kind of, you know, took it like it was surprising him a little bit. Guy went back to it next pitch and he smoked a line drive right at the shortstop. It's like, you don't typically see high school guys that can do that sort of thing. So I'm going to put Dean Moss in there as, as my first outfielder off the board. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I am going to go, I'm going to go get a pitcher. Um, I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go with a guy that I had last year as my, this would have probably been my 25 keeper this year, but I'm going to go with another reclassified guy and, uh, go to Arizona and get left-hander Cameron Caminiti. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a guy that, we like the athleticism. The stuff's incredible. Um, he's a competitor. I like watching him pitch. Uh, just superstar potential. Um, and 
I I think he'll end up on the mound, but he's a guy that um, definitely has some two way ability. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go with Cam Caminiti at 24 for me. Um, just guy that we've liked since the first time we've seen him, um, and be happy with that pick for sure. Yeah, athletic lefties like that. Um, that have that sort of fastball, you know, that's that's a great, great starting point for for what he can become long term. I'm really excited to see what kind of season he has um, in Arizona. Um, I'm also going to I'm going to stick in the pitching side as well. And I got to steer myself away from 2025, because if not, <laughs> I'll just draft all those guys and fill that up right away. Um, I'm going to go to 2024 class and I'm going to take Levi Sterling. Mm. Um uh, he ended up being the guy that I, I I liked the most amongst the pitching guys I saw in person last year, although it was really close between guys like him and Caminiti and and um and Joey Oki and some of those other guys. But um I, I just still marvel at that, like how young he is for the class and yeah. the athleticism and the spin fuel. Um I think he's one of those players that you could say, Hey, you know, we're going to try this pitch today. And he could, he could pick it up pretty quick just because he's just a, such a natural spinner of the baseball. So um, add Levi Sterling to my, my class there, Texas signee, another California guy. I, I think it would be a surprise if his name isn't called in the first round um, of the upcoming draft um, just after the summer he had and after the buzz he created. Yeah. Uh, he's a superstar. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, the, the, the age is intriguing for him. Um, I think he's going to end up, you know, assuming health, obviously with all these guys, we're going to assume and knock on wood and pray for health for all these yeah. guys that we mentioned today. Um, because that can, you know, that can have a huge effect on the draft and where these guys end up. So, um, yeah, I mean, assuming health, I, his pitch ability, uh, the athleticism, like you said, I, I think it's a, it, pretty good chance that he ends up in the first round. So um, I'm going to stay on the mound with another reclass guy, a uh, guy who reclassified from 26 to 25. Um, Oregon lefty Cruz Schoolcraft. Mm. Um, big, physical, athletic, just – we. Ha I was, you know, I, I was introduced to him – early a couple of years ago because uh, he played for one of my college teammates, Michael Torres. Um, and just, you know, he's a kid that's had a background with team USA um, Supreme athlete, especially for his size. Um, people don't move like he does at that size very often. No, they don't. Um, and so I'm going to take him and I'm going to plug him into my pitching spot. Um, and be pretty excited about it because he's a guy that an interesting note, he's apparently moved to homeschool, um, mm -hmm. which uh, will afford him the ability to really, you know, kind of manage workload, work on development uh, and just kind of see where his body takes him over the next, I guess, probably 18 months or so. And uh, really be choosy about the kind of events that he goes to. And yeah, just special talent, special kid, uh, can't find any, you know, and one of the interesting things was, I think, you know, Chandler Hart, who up here in the Dallas area that we're huge fans of, I think recently went up and trained somewhere with him. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, interesting. Kind of, yeah. Speaks to these guys that are like elite, elite talents and players that are, you know, really 
trying to get better, you know, mm -hmm. just doing something outside of the ordinary to get better and be around other like-minded guys. I think that's really important being, you know, and we see that with a lot of these kids that are transitioning over to IMG as well. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a business move really is what it is. Yes. Um, so, uh, but big fan of the crews have been for several years now. Um, feels wild to think he's, even though he's reclassified, he's still only a junior, uh, just as long as we've been aware of him and all that. So, uh, but yeah, cruise school craft for me right there. I'd love to know when he reclassified, like what, what happened to his phone from a contact standpoint, like as soon as that was, <laughs> as soon as that was formerly done, you know, cause he went from a guy that couldn't be contacted to a guy that could be contacted. And, uh, certainly one of the, you know, one of the premier uncommitted prospects um, in the nation for that class. I'm kind of curious, yeah. like what the, what the messaging was like that the moment that kind of was, I guess, official, um, and, and coaches could, could reach out and contact him. So, um, yeah, he was, he was a lot of fun to watch, um, you know, kind of, uh, lefty that had a, you know, kind of a splitter, which you don't typically see from left-handed pitchers. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to make my first 2026 pick and okay. I'm going to go to the outfield and I'm going to select Brady Harris, Ooh. um, from Trinity Christian down there in Florida, um, yeah. you know, with these 2026 guys, there's just so much time. So, you know, we'll, we'll ultimately see, you know, what, what this class looks like in a couple of years, but I feel pretty good about him having some major, major staying power as one of the premier outfield prospects and hitters, um, in that class, um, kind of a guy that checks a lot of boxes in terms of the loud hitting tools, the physical profile, the all around, you know, skill level, all those sorts of things. So I'm going to plug Brady Harrison there as, as one of my outfielders in my first 2026 pick. I like it. I like it. Really good player. Um, yeah. He's a name that, you know, I was doing some research, like he's on everyone's list. Anytime you ask about that group, like he's one of the first names mentioned always. You're on the wrong side there on your. Oh strategy. yeah, I am. My bad. You're trying. You're trying to trying to throw me off on your strategy here. Uh, I was looking. At, I'm writing it down as I go, and I was like, wait a minute. I don't. Yeah, have I got three. I have two, four, one. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I saw okay. the I saw the D and the D. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been uh Okay. It's, it's been a um. Yeah. Um. I am gonna go. Let's see. I'm gonna go back to the. Let's see. I'm going to go to the 24 class um, and get in, grab another arm. Um, I don't know if you saw the video of this guy from the last couple of weeks. Um, Is he from Florida? No, he's not. Um, okay. From the other side of the country, but uh, Duncan Marston. from. Oh, yeah. Didn't he feel like 99 or something like the first scrimmage? Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i saw it and i was like whoa hello um yeah he's a guy i think has missed some time uh because yeah of, tim uh, tim arakawa said I, I, I if i remember correctly that he missed last year with some sort of injury and it'd be yeah. but he was like man this guy throws really really hard and i was like oh, i'll file this name away and and i forget where the, how that video jumped into my twitter feed and i was like oh my gosh this guy's throwing 99 in the, like the first scrimmage of the year yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Duncan Marston on that one. Um, I think he may have a gigantic senior year um, just based on early returns. Um, so yeah, I, 
interesting grab from Wake Forest. I mean, it one of the things, you know, too, I you know I'm a sucker for looking at trends and and seeing how the recruiting effect is affected by uh all the stuff in uh Wake Forest and Duke and Stanford. You know, it's funny because a couple of years ago, like a lot of these really academically inclined schools, they would have had like they they waited. Um, they were a little bit slower to operate on the recruiting front. And just looking at some of the guys doing the research for this, like those are schools that aren't, you know, I guess before the rule change, they weren't waiting. Um, uh, but these are, you know, they're becoming name brand nationally, mm-hmm. uh, Wake Forest is and same with Duke and, you know, Stanford always has been, but, you know, they started to dip down low into some of the younger age groups. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Duncan Marston there. I mean, the stuff... Yeah, not much else to say. Um, pretty special, and you know, it's they. You know, some of these schools get reputations of really knowing what they're doing, and now kind of if you see a pitching prospect going to Wake, um, mm-hmm. kind of raise your eyebrow a little bit. So that's that's why partially why I'm going with Duncan Marston right there with my pick. Yeah, Wake Forest. Um, they don't leave that little East Coast often, but if they do, yeah. they can. They they know what they're doing yeah. when they when they go out and especially with the arms uh, I'm going to go back to the outfield again. And in the 2024 class, and I'm going to pick PJ Morlando. Um, you know, he's got a chance, I think to hit his way into being, you know, maybe the first prep outfielder taken um, in the upcoming draft. It's a kind of consensus is that like from a left-handed, you know, prep hitter, he's, he's at the top of the list um, you know, hit tool power. Um, I, I think it would be a surprise if he's not selected in the first round. And I think with a, a strong spring, he can really solidify himself there. So um, yeah, I've learned from I've, was... I've learned from my errors in, in in you know trying to load up on outfield a little bit because um, that way I won't <laughs> draft nineteen shortstops. Yeah, it's tough to do. Um, just because the athletic profile of a lot of those guys, I actually, that, that thing that we were sent this morning has him listed as a first baseman. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's, I think he's, he's definitely athletic enough to stay out there. So, um, yeah, I don't see why they would not try him out there. You know, like I, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of the first mention I've, I've seen of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I I think that that's interesting. I think that's a corner outfielder. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think he's definitely got the athleticism to stay out there and the bat. I mean, yeah, we know about the bat. So that's going to play just about anywhere they want it. Um, Okay. Uh, Great pick. Uh, Big fan of his. Um, I am going to dip down to the 26 group and take a guy that we love uh and have for a long time and i'm hoping this has the effect on you that i think it will Hmm. but i'm gonna go with eli willits yeah um and put him i'm gonna put him in a utility spot you know we've seen him play uh we've seen him play second we've seen him play third we've seen him play short the kid's just a baseball player um and i think we all understand why with the dad and brother uh, brothers, I guess, um, that are, you know, in the baseball world, uh, dad, obviously playing in the big leagues and now coaching at OU. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that it's funny, apparently, you know, he's been out 
around this college game for a long time with his dad's position. And, you know, some scouts have seen him uh, out on the field with some of the OU players and just been blown away. Like, who is that? And they're like, oh, that's a um, sophomore to be in high school. Right <laughs> that might be the best player on the field. Um, so uh, elite instincts, uh, elite tools, traits, whatever you want to call it. Um, Eli has it and we had, we have long been huge fans of his and that will never change for, I would imagine either of us. So I was hoping that that would bother you, um, just because I know how highly both of us think of him. Uh, but I'm pretty excited to have him hitting somewhere at the top of my lineup playing defense. And, um, we know the base running profile for anyone with that last name. So, um, Eli Willits is my pick. Yeah, I, I considered taking him as the first pick um, in the draft because I think that highly of him. Like, I, I think of any 2026 player I saw in person, he was the best prospect I saw. Um, now, granted, you know, we didn't see some of these other big names on the list, but mm -hmm. um, of the guys I saw, he he was the best. And yeah. But then I was like, that 2026 class, you can kind of start going down the list of, of middle infielders, and there's there's so many of them. So I was like, there. oh, I really want to take them. I, I maybe take them first, and then I was kind of going through. But, man, you could probably – you know, there's so many middle infielders and shortstops and things like that out there. But like you said, he could play legitimately anywhere. Like his defense at third was outstanding. Uh, his defense at shortstop was outstanding. He's a switch hitter great instincts great athleticism amazing baseball clock um i mean I, I think if you're doing a 2026 national list you better have him way 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 up there because he he is he is certainly that good so yeah i'm i'm definitely uh i'm definitely a fan of that one um hmm where could i go here while you're searching, I'll update it. Um, you've gone three 24s, four 25s, and a 26. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm at four 24s, three 25s, and a 26. So for those keeping track at home, and more importantly for us, because we can't do that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to corner the market here with, uh, the Moss family. And I'm going to take Dylan Moss ah. from the 2026 class as a catcher. Um, get both both Moss brothers on the same team. Um, and they're, you know, Dylan hits right-handed, Dean hits left-handed. Um, but, but they do have, you know, some similarities in terms of, you know, the bat speed and, and the athletic movements and the competitiveness and, you know, the way they process things on the field. Um, and, you know, Dylan, I think, is a guy that, like, athletically at the catcher spot is is going to be ahead of the pack compared to a lot of his peers in that class just because of the way he can move and you know, those sorts of movements and things like that. So um, I'm going to get Dylan Moss as my first catcher there in the 2026 class. And uh, I'm going to make, I'm going to make uh, Dylan and Dean's parents very happy because they can just travel to, to watch one team all the time. Cause I'll have both yeah. Moss brothers on there um, until they head off to college or yeah, the draft, whichever yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Stanford and uh, LSU now mm -hmm. uh, was Stanford and Vanderbilt uh, for, for Dean, but recently. So I'm, It'd be interesting to follow that for sure. But yeah, that was, um, yeah, you plucked the guy off my list there. Um, great pick. 
uh, huge fans of the, of both brothers um, had Dean on my team last year. He was one that I definitely considered as my keeper for the 25 group. Okay. Um, let's see here. Where do I want to go next? Um, I think that, hmm, I think I'm going to go get another arm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, another, I'm going to make sure that I think I have the best, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the two best 24 lefties. So I'm going to stay out in California, uh, Ethan Sheeplebein, uh, I assume that, I think that's how it's pronounced, but Ethan Sheeplebein, guy that big time arm, um, can really, really pitch, uh, through a lot of big innings for the, for the USA team. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just love those guys that are strike throwers that know how to pitch. Mm -hmm. And I think he fits that bill. Um, so I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to, I'm loading up on lefties. I've got, I've got quite a few of them. I got three of them. Three of my four pitchers are, are lefties right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to take him and, and be pretty excited about it. Cause I got some real pitchability there with him and, um, uh, UCLA commit out of California. So yeah, he's, he's a rare blend of, uh, stuff, pitchability and, and performance. Every, yeah. He just performs everywhere. Like, Team USA, overseas, area code, um, really, really tough Californian high school schedule. I mean, he's just performed and performed and performed. And it's starters profile. I mean, it's what you look for with a left-handed starting pitcher. And, yeah, he might not throw 95-96 right now, um, but things are going to keep trending positively. And, yeah, he was he was definitely one of my favorite guys that I saw um during the summer just a lot of fun to watch there um i am i'm gonna go back to the outfield and i'm gonna go to the 2024 class and take a a, a favorite and i'm gonna take slade caldwell um yeah. old miss signee from from valley view in arkansas just twitch uh speed athleticism explosiveness Bat major bat speed, hit tool, center field defense, base run. I mean, you just go down the list, and he's he's phenomenal. And I think it speaks to his talent level that you know he's a guy that's now a consensus first round pick project projection, even though he's you know five eight five nine. You know, it's like people don't even care about the height because of 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 how talented he is and how much he's performed in the tools he has, and certainly. Um, one of my absolute favorite position players I saw all of last year. And it's been great. You know, we've seen some video and, and things like that of um, he looks fully recovered and back to who he was after that injury um, and, and came back, you know, like came back. I, I feel like not quick compared to like, Oh, he rushed back, but it wasn't that long ago. We're like, Oh man, that's a bummer of an injury. And he's already back flying around the base. Like that dude, if he hits a ground ball in the infield, you better get it in out of your glove quick because he is flying down the line. Third base, shortstop, second base, first base, whatever. He's going to try to beat that thing out. So love the way he plays. Love the tools. I, I think he's going to be a first-round selection in this year's draft and, and one of my favorite players I saw all of last year. Yeah, he's, he's a superstar. Uh, great pick. Uh, I'm going to 
I'm going to go, I'm going to stay in the 24 class um, and take my third baseman. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Caleb Bonimer. Um, just because of that, I mean, the athleticism for a guy, his size is pretty special. Like, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's chance I'm, I'm going to have him at third. Um, I think there's some people that think he can definitely stick it short. Um, but man, like he ran a six, three, five, um, I think at PG national, um, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, and if it, even if it's not that and it's anywhere close, it's ridiculous for a guy Mm-hmm. his size and his power profile. But man, I was, we were really impressed with him um, uh, at area code. Um, I thought he was, had the makings of a superstar, especially for a guy that I wasn't super familiar with at that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just an elite talent, um, elite power to all fields, uh, just, I think he's going to, I can imagine him getting out of the first round, um, but Virginia commit, uh, Virginia's got some nice little commits that Yeah, they may do. hear a little bit, may hear a little bit more about some of them uh, coming up, but Caleb Bonimer Mm -hmm. uh, is my pick right there. Yeah, he kind of reminds me. He's he's faster than this guy. He kind of reminds me some of of Alex Bregman, like when Alex Bregman played shortstop in college. Um, and it's like, yeah, there might be a chance he could stick there long term, and then he slid over to third base, and he's been a phenomenal defender at third base. So I could kind of see that sort of outcome for for Bonimer, but yeah, he. <laughs> athlete and bat speed and yeah he's he's got some juice as well he uh he put on a show um out there in san diego uh, i'm gonna go to the 2026 class and slide this guy into the utility spot we've seen him catch we've seen him play in the infield but really uh the thing that we've really saw him do um is hit and put together some really really impressive at bats and that's rookie shepherd um miami commitment out there from uh from um nevada Um, Where'd you say you're going to put him? What position? utility because he he kind of he played infield Okay. catcher he kind Yeah. of played all over the place um so i i mean Okay. i think long Yeah. term like maybe he gets it catcher i'm not quite sure but if it's like oh you know what this guy's gonna play um in the infield or even the outfield he's a he's a good athlete it's just really good profile can really hit um and if he If he does end up sticking at catcher, I mean, there's going to be some major, major hype around him um, as he progresses through his high school career. So uh, part of that MLB breakthrough series team out of the area code and uh, a guy that was just his at bats were must watch just because of the way um, he tracked pitches and his plate skills and his swing. It was a really, really good left handed swing. Yeah, he's he's a superstar. I he was a guy that I had on peg. You 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 just you love stealing my catching ideas. Um, you got me in that last week too for the Texas draft. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get a guy um, who plays a lot of third base right now, um, but. The comp that I was given for him yesterday um, really intrigued me. And I, you know, I know he's played some outfield as well, but uh, I'm going to go stay in the 24 class. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Sam Richardson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
and have him listed as one of my outfielders. Um, just because I, you know, I was, I, I'm a big comp guy. I love comps. It helps me categorize guys and really kind of figure out what they are or might be. Um, but Sam is a guy, I mean, the comp that was given to me was, was Puig. And okay. Interesting. I mean, the bat speed is ridiculous. Um, and I know that you're a sucker for bat speed. Yes. And I have um, started to become the same way <laughs> just because it's uh, very important, obviously, but man, like it tells you a lot about a hitter um, and just the abilities, the natural abilities with the guy. And man, I like, it was funny. Cause I, after I was mentioned, uh, after Puig was mentioned as a guy for him, I went and watched something and I was just like, okay, I, yeah, okay. I can, I can get there on that. So um, yeah, I just you can watch a couple of swings of his and just see that he has some stuff that you can't teach. Um, and uh, he's a special player, Texas commit out of uh, Mississippi uh, on a loaded high school team there. So um, Sam Richardson's my pick right there. Yeah, he's a he's a big dude with some really really loud tools. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. Speaking of Puig, I don't know if you saw it. You know, his team in the Dominican League broke like a drought for winning the title, and um, you know he was celebrating and going all over the place with the trophy and stuff like that. It was pretty pretty cool to see how much those guys take pride in competing um, in that league down there and how much it means to them and, and their fan bases and stuff like that. But yeah, if you've never seen Sam Richardson video or things like that, man, it's it's uh, it's pretty exciting and, and pretty fun to watch. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the utility spot for a true two way guy who's got some some really loud hitting tools, but is also one of the better pitchers I saw in the 2025 class last year, and that's Justice DeYoung. Um, oh, yeah. Duke, Duke commitment. Um, Pitchability stuff as a right-handed pitcher, uh, but he can really impact the baseball as, as a right-handed hitter as well. Um, some loud um, exit velocity data. He's got some raw power in there. Um, there's some makings of a, of a power hitter as well. So a, a true two-way prospect, uh, like the way he competed, um, it's kind of that you know business-like approach between the lines and really had that singular focus pitch to pitch whether he was on the mound or in the batter's box. So um, Justice DeYoung, uh, another really, really talented 2025 guy who's, who's a two-way player. Okay, so you're, are you using him as a utility guy? Util, yeah, or... util, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, great pick. Um, I am going to go down to the 26th class and get a guy um, that a lot of people consider um, potentially – maybe the best left-handed pitcher um, in that class. But uh, Connor Langdon is – I don't know if you've watched any of his video, but this kid can really pitch. Um, Mississippi State commit, you know, the word that I keep getting back on him is just superstar. Um, so, which I really – you know, when, you, when people are saying that about a – 15, 16 year old. Um, it tells me a lot. He's listed at 6'2, 190. Um, really athletic. He's long, shows some uh shows some ability with secondary pitches. Uh so I 
I'm going to take him and I feel pretty good about it just because some of the people that mentioned his name um, right off the tip of their tongue when I was going through that 26 class, uh, it resonated with me. So I'm going to go with Connor Langdon right there for a 26 arm. Good one. Yeah, it's it's fun with those arms in that class because, you know, there haven't been you know, many guys that just like fully, fully at like a famous level compared to the 20. 24 guys are because we've just seen them so much and and right. uh it, it's fun it's fun to project those guys um looking ahead uh let's see here where am i gonna go where am i gonna go you know you stole one of my guys from me and i'm, I'm not gonna let you steal this one as well um i'm taking case and cunningham i'm putting him at second base um Premier left-handed hitter, one of the best prospects in the 2025 class, um, can really run, athlete, is hit forever everywhere he's gone. Um, you took Eli Willits from me. You will not take Casey Cunningham from me, so I'm going to put him at second base. And Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't take Texas kids. Oh, Texas kids are ineligible. Okay. You know I, I nice did not try. know that. I did not know that. Nice try. Oh, okay. No. Okay. So you're you're like the Texas should, should succeed type, you know, like type person. Well, it's just the <laughs> rules. It's a non-Texas draft. I forgot. I forgot that was a rule. I thought national just meant everywhere and not just I, I can't believe I can't believe we Texas. got that far in. I can't believe we got that far in before you even tried to take him if it you thought it was Texas eligible. Well, because I've been I see all these middle infielders and I'm like it's just an embarrassment of riches among oh. the guys you can pick there. Um well I'm gonna stay in the 2025 class. I'm gonna put this guy at okay. DH because I think he's one of the best pure hitters in the country okay. regardless of age and that's Brady Ebel. Get uh great, great left-handed hitter, uh on base machine, hardly ever strikes out. Um, bat to ball skill is just rarely good, especially for his age. And I believe he's uh, he's like a year younger than his period. He could be a 2026 guy. So um, I'm gonna put Brady Ebel at DH, definitely one of the better left-handed hitters I saw of last year. And I think that um as he grows and matures and gets stronger and, and things like that, I think that run tool. Um, will tick up a little bit um, as he adds a little bit more foot speed and um, see where he profiles long-term defensively. But there's no questions about what kind of hitter he is. So um, I'm going to slide one of the better peer hitters in there at DH. Okay. I like it. Um, I like it a lot, actually. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. Let's see. Looks like you're pretty full there. Let's just get some strategy here. Play around a little bit. Um, okay. I am going to go ahead and grab. Uh, I, I'm going to grab my second baseman. Um, uh, I'm going to go with. Ty Southlessine. Mm. Um we were big fans of the Southlessine brothers. Um, yes. It happened for a couple of years. Uh Ty is a guy that can play infield, uh, can play anywhere. I mean, any of the Southlessines are baseball players. That's that's pretty um pretty well documented. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Ty, Tennessee commit, you know, one of four brothers, one of four South Essene brothers. Um, Are the other ones younger or older? Um, we we know so we we Ty, know Ty and Tate, but but what about the other two? Ty and T are twins, I believe, in the twenty four class. Ty is Tennessee commit. T is a USC commit. Tate is a twenty five, and Troy is a twenty six. Okay, um, so Troy. Okay, so Troy is coming up. Troy is coming up. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, just gamer, um, baseball player. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything you ask them to do on a field, they do it. And I'm going to take Ty and put him at slot him at second base for me. Such a fun guy to watch. And he's kind of like Slade Caldwell in that he's such a good player that people are not holding against him, you know, the size, physicality type right. thing because he's, because right. that's how good of a player he is. That's how good of a right. hitter he is. That's how good the instincts are and the performance and all that stuff. So, um, he is in like if we made a list of guys that were just like man, guys we just wa- love watching play the game. He'd be one of our first picks in that arena too, um, yeah, because he's just a treat to watch. But um, well, let's um, let's take a quick break here while I tell us uh, the listeners more about our friends at Hitforth. Uh, if you've gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed the coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have TrackMan showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more towards embracing taking data, you are doing yourself a disservice if you aren't training with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hitforth in Austin, Texas is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hitforth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. Because the quicker you can swing the bat means you have more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about Hitforth is the accountability. Since the the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out Hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com and also on Twitter and Instagram as well. And again, we we talk about it. The the best word they use with us when describing their product is the accountability because it's real. Uh, They track everything, full-time staff, totally dedicated to making you as a player better all around strength, uh, conditioning, hitting development, the mental side, all those sorts of things. I mean, these guys, like this is their livelihood. This is what they do. And they do it extremely well. They've got all the tech and gadgets and all that sort of stuff, which is great, which you need those things, especially when you you work with people who know how to use them. Uh, but it's also too, it's the time, it's the commitment, it's what they arm you with as a hitter to get better. What they, you know, what when you're home on your own, you can log in, check out your program. There's video examples, there's data, there's all these sorts of things at your disposal to get working um, at your facility as well. You can do things remotely. You don't have to be in Austin uh, to train with the guys at Hitforth. Their remote program is fantastic. So get to hitforth.com. Um, get a trial session. It's a great deal right now. I think it's $59 for a trial session. Get in there, check out things. I guarantee you, you'll be hooked. And I guarantee you, they are going to get improvement. Uh, they've, 
published a lot of their stories of guys just making major, major, major gains in exit velocity and swing changes and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we really, 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 really recommend those guys that hit fourth. So go check them out. Uh, all right. So we each have 13 players selected. So we've got 11 more uh, to go. I've got four from the 2024 class, six from 2025 and three from 2026. Drew has eight from 2024 three from 2025 and two from 2026. So um, you're going to start hammering those, those younger classes. Um, well, I'm, I think I'm going to go to the 2026 class as well. And it's a, it's a fun group. Um, we haven't seen all of these guys in person. Um, I'm going to steer towards a guy that I have seen in person and I'm going to select Alex Harrington. Um, from out in a cathedral Catholic out in California. Um, I am going to put him at shortstop. Oh, it's really, really, really exciting all around tools. Uh, the athleticism is, is outstanding. The actions defensively, the way the hands work, the way the feet works. Um, it's just like, you check, you know, you go down the list of things you look for 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 a, uh, a shortstop prospect that age, and he checks a ton of boxes. And I think he's got some some exciting physical projections still to go as well. So, um, Alex Harrington, uh, one of the better guys I saw in the 2026 class, a really really exciting prospect in that group that um, I think is going to have some major staying power as one of the premier shortstop prospects in the country for that class. Okay, I like it. Um, let's see, let me. Let me just let me look at my strategy here. Um, see where I can go. Um, I think I'm gonna go back to the 25 class and get a utility guy for myself. Um, and this is a guy that we know can play infield. Mm -hmm. uh, we Saw him get placed in the outfield and play it like a professional, uh, running down balls in the gap, throwing out some runners with a good arm. Um, I'm going to stay in the Southacine family um, and go with Tate Southacine. Yeah, get the uh, get the brother duo. Yeah, so you got the Mosses, I got uh -huh. the Southacines. Um, so I just again, I mean, a lot of the same things you can say about Ty, you can say about Tate. You know, one of the things I remember, you know, when you interviewed him that kind of stood out to me, I mean, he, you know, we, we asked him, you know, why USC? Um, and, you know, we're like, you know, brothers committed to Tennessee and, you know, he was very matter of fact of like, you know, I'm my own guy, you know, mm -hmm. like I got, um, he, obviously that they're all big fans of each other, but I thought I just, the way he said it was interesting to me. Uh, but man, you know, watching him uh, at the underclass area codes, I mean, he's just a just he's just a baseball player. We were already fans of Ty going in, but we hadn't seen Tate yet. And I there, there are a lot of similarities in their game. Um, just the IQ, the you know, as a leadoff hitter, just turning around 90 plus like with ease, uh, stealing bases, doing little things defensively that just stood out to me repeatedly. But um I'm going to keep it in the family. Go Tate South of scene right there with my pick. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of eerie how similar those 
um, those guys are. But uh, yeah, like you said, it was it was fun being around him because you could tell like he, you know, yeah, they're brothers, but he wants to make a name for himself as well. And I think he certainly did a really, really good job of that. He did. Uh, yeah, he, he certainly, uh, you know, it was like watching a mirror image. Just you go from underclass to upper class and it's like, is this the same guy? Um, that yeah. was doing all that sort of stuff. So uh, he was uh, really, really fun um, to watch. Um, let's see here. Uh, you know, I, I want to take this guy in the 2026 class. Um, he kind of profiles. He kind of profile. It's tough because I haven't seen him in person. So um he's a shortstop but he might project at third or second um i don't feel like i kind of if i take if i take jacob lombard i might be skirting the rules a little bit um what just, what why did you say that because i was going to put him at second yeah he's yeah i mean i see him listed in some stuff as third baseman that's right a little, yeah that's a little little iffy for me yeah. Okay. And if you're rejected as a shortstop, you could, you should be able to play um, second base, but that's fine. I um, mean, I... I'm going to go, I'll go to, I'll go to catcher and my favorite 2020, uh, my other favorite 2026 catcher I saw um, Andrew Costello, just a huge fan of him. Uh, gamer, ball player, leader, um, instincts, tools. Like it's just a guy you watch him play the game. Like, man, you know what? That guy is probably, going to figure out how to make the big league somehow. Um, and I was just, I marveled at the, like that he was a 2026. I thought for sure he was a 2025 when we were watching him. Um, another Wake Forest commit, man, they're really good. When they're taking young guys, they do not miss, especially on the East coast. So um, I've, I've solidified my catcher spots there with two uh, 2026 guys that um, could have some, maybe some future keeper ability there. Yeah, he he's a superstar. He's definitely a guy I had on my list. Um, okay, so now I can readjust some of my strategy a little bit, which is good. I can be a little choosy there. Okay, so that's helpful. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to go to the 25 class and get a guy that uh, if Tate Southesine wasn't, was my favorite player. This guy is probably in the running for one B. Um, but Rhett Johnson or Everett yeah, Johnson, he's I fun. guess. Yeah. Um, man, like from North Carolina, North Carolina state commit. Um, I'm going to plug him in, in, in the outfield for me. Uh, but just on base all the time, mm -hmm. hits the ball with authority can run. Um, can play a number of positions. I'm going to start with him in my outfield, but man, just a superstar potential. Um, you know, Trey Turner played at uh, North Carolina State, mm -hmm. and I, I, I mean, I'm sure he'll get comp to him plenty, and there's a good reason why. But man, just supreme athleticism, can really run, incredible instincts. Uh, just just a baseball player so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with everett johnson and i think i'm gonna have him in uh center field for me yeah he was very uh slade caldwell-ish um uh, treat to watch and like you talk about guys that don't swing and miss his plate skills and 
just his whiff rates and like walk to strikeout stuff. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. You just don't typically see guys that have that sort of ability to not strike out. It kind of reminds me of Kendall George, like Kendall George hardly ever struck out. And part of that was understanding that, okay, like with my approach, if I can, with two strikes, if I could just put the ball in play, chances are I can, I can beat this thing out. Um, and yeah, Rhett Johnson was, um, was an absolute treat to watch. Uh, so much fun to just see him flying around and, and the way he took at bats and um, a, a lot, a lot of fun. So, uh, well, I'm going to go go back to the 2024 class. Um, and I'm, I'm, I need some pitchers. So I'm going to select Joey Oki um, from Iowa, yeah. Iowa signee, okay. right-handed pitcher. Uh, he's, there's kind of that group of righties, uh, you know, um, Ryan Sloan and Owen Hall and some other guys that are kind of in that group. Like these guys have a t- potential to pop and really establish themselves as, as one of the slam dunk best right-handed pitching prospects in the, in the, uh, in the nation for the draft. And he's, he'd be my pick to, to be the guy that kind of emerges as the, as the cream of that crop there. So I'm uh, going to get myself another pitcher with, with Joey Oki, who's kind of got some, some outlier type traits with uh, the release hide and, and the shape of the stuff and everything else. And uh, he certainly got a track record of performing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tough to, tough to deny any of that. <laughs> I mean, superstar player, um just uh, he's got a chance you know iowa i was figured it out um on the pitching side they have big big fan of his um i not much else to say i mean you i think you covered a lot of it with the arsenal pitchability for size um just unique talent should should see him in the first round this year so but i like the pick a lot um i'm gonna go uh, I'm going to go with a really high upside arm um, from the 26 class. Uh, this kid is going to throw over a hundred uh, at some point, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with Kevin Roberts. Yeah. He's going to throw really um, hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, incredibly athletic can swing the bat. Um, I just, I think that he's going to get to a point where the stuff is just so undeniably good that it's going to be hard to not have him as a, um, on the mound. Um, now he'll, you know, athletically he's pretty special. Uh, you can see him play in the infield, play in the outfield. Um, I, I'm going to go with the high upside on there <laughs> and feel really good about it. Cause I think I, I can't imagine that he doesn't throw a hundred at some point. So uh, Kevin Roberts is my pick. Yeah, it's he's a he's a big kid, but like not in a bad way. Like it's you know he's just tall and and long and and yeah, he's going to throw. He's going to throw uh, so 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 hard. It's going to be fun to uh, fun to watch him. Um, uh, back to the twenty twenty five class for me. I'm going to fill my last utility spot with another guy that. Is more bat than than arm, but we did see him pitch this summer, and it was like you know big time stuff. Got a lot of swings and misses. I mean that's Xavier Nayans in the twenty twenty five class, yeah. uh, left handed hitter. Um, got some power, um, third base. He's got a plus arm at third base, um, and it has some loud stuff on the mound as well. And uh, 
even if he was just a purely pitching prospect, I think he'd be one of the better prospects in this class. But but the bats got to get a real chance to be uh, to be special. Um, just one of those guys that that's got the power and can get to it on a consistent basis. So um, Xavier Nayans, I'm um, in the 2025 class, going to slide him in there as my uh, my final utility guy there. Another another two way option. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Let's see here. I am going to look at these numbers here and see how they stack up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back to the 26 class um, and go with a uh, a left-handed arm that I think I've seen some rankings and I know that 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 young uh, there's going to be a lot of movement, but Mm -hmm. this guy is going to absolutely blow up. Um, And if you haven't seen the uh, recent clips of Brody Bamila, B-U-M-I-L-A, why don't you do yourself a favor while I'm talking about him and and go um, check some of the recent highlights of him. Where is he from? He's from Massachusetts. Okay. Um, and I, see if you can find a clip because it's it's pretty easy to find uh, from Bishop Feehan High School in Massachusetts, uh, place for the GBG six seven two zero five. Um, have you found Have you found the clip yet? B U U M. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it looks like one of those like low release height. Got some, yeah, extension and yeah, very uh, very Chandler Hardish. Yeah, he's uh, he's electric. Um, and at that stage with that frame and that athleticism, uh, I'm gonna bet on those traits with him. Um, but it is interesting too. I like you know scrolling through the kids' Twitter feeds and seeing who follows them and all of that and. Uh, that first day that you're able to call 2026s, I think he's going to be on the top of the list uh, for a handful of, of school, big time schools um, to, to be calling because he's he's got the looks of a, a big time ace, um, you know, like uh, Andrew Miller type. I mean, he was one of the first ones kind of of that mold and build that that I remember being a big time prospect and I could see him falling in a category like that. Yeah, betting on those types of left-handed arms is is uh is always a, a smart thing to do. Um, yeah, that looks he's got some physical projection too, extension, release height, unique look, arm strength type of guy that uh that blows up. Um, probably given his location, he's probably going to be either a Vanderbilt, Duke, or Wake Forest commitment when that time comes, <laughs> just because, or maybe Virginia too, because uh, they uh, those programs. Uh, typically do a lot of damage in that area. Uh, 2026 class, this guy to me is a, I don't know if he's a pure first base prospect, but I think that's his most likely outcome is, is ending up at first base, but um, hitting for a lot of power and some average as well. It was one of my favorite swings I saw. Um, Arizona prospect Ryan Harwood yeah. uh, played for the Red Seam out of area code, like short, powerful swing, plate skills 
it's just some some big classic middle of the order thumper that can get on base that can drive the baseball that uh, probably going to keep the the strikeout rate in order. Um, you know, to me, he's kind of those one of those classic like you pick you envision like a you know three hole hitter first baseman. Um, you kind of look at a guy like like Ryan Hartwood. So uh, excited where, to where see. Did you say- where did you first say you're base. him in? First okay. base. Okay. Uh, excited to see what season he has in Arizona. Um, uncommitted guy. So he's. I, I imagine he's going to be in extremely high demand when that time comes, uh, just because those sorts of bats um, don't really grow on trees. And he's already a big physical guy, but um, he's, he's going to continue adding some muscle, and he's going to really rake for a long time, I feel like. Yeah, that's a pretty safe bet. Um, okay. Let's see here. Let's play with some of these numbers and see where you got to pay attention to. Okay. Um, I am. I'm going to go with the utility guy. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the utility guy here. Um, a guy that. Uh, always finds himself at the top of the lineup uh, for Team USA um, out of North Carolina. Uh, I know you had him on your team last year, but 2025, Coy James mm-hmm. um, is a guy that uh, has been a big name for a long time. Um, advanced baseball player, uh, really good defensively, uh, really good at the plate, just a gamer, just a leader. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I put a lot of emphasis always on um, on these Team USA guys. I just I think they do a really good job of picking the right guys. Not always, you know, not always necessarily the most you know talented freak type of guys, but really good baseball players. Um, and when you get those types of players that have a lot of talent, like a kid like Koi James does, um, I think. I'm I'm really excited about him. I just think he's a really, really good baseball player, uh, and I'll find a place for him somewhere on my team. Uh, Old Miss commit, uh, six foot one eighty, athletic, played really good defense. Um, I'm excited about him. He's a leader. He's a good. He's just a gamer. Great baseball player. Yeah, like you said, it speaks volumes whenever those guys have, you know, make Team USA and have certain lineup positions and then where they play um, is uh, it's it's usually really telling because that program has an amazing track record of of, uh, of selecting the right guys uh, who end up having really, really good careers. Uh, I need to add some pitching and I'm going to go to a 2026 class Um this guy is really interesting to me. It's it's kind of similar to uh to Brody Bumilia. Um, and I'm another tall, lanky, lefty, just a lot of kind of a, a ball of clay that could really be developed and, and turned into something long term. And um, that's RJ Cope um from Georgia. Yeah. Um two-way prospect, uh, really interesting hitter as well. But um you look at that sort of left-handed pitching profile, and um I like guys like that, like like Brody that they're like 88 to 91 right now, which is great because, you know, there's, there's going to be natural progression as they get stronger, as the reps increase, all that sort of stuff. 
Um, I'd much prefer that compared to the guy that's throwing, you know, 99 miles an hour as a, as a 16 year old or a 15 year old, like there's just not, not much room to go from, from there, um, in terms of the, the development, stuff like that. So RJ Cope, um, really interesting lefty in the 2026 class. I'm going to slide him in there as one of my pitchers. Um, and that gives me, I believe seven you're, 2026 guys. Yeah. You're, you're five, seven, seven. I'm eight, six, four. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to stay in the 25 class, um, and get an arm. Uh, you know, we talk about these wake forest arms, um, and I'm going to go with the guy with electric, electric stuff, uh, that can really pitch, you know, this is like six foot one ninety. um, and I don't know if you've seen a whole lot of his stuff. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But Josh Hammond mm-hmm. um, is, <laughs> man, I, I can throw him in a number of ways. Um, that slider, I mean, he's he's spinning some stuff over three thousand uh, up there. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Josh Hammond. Um, put him, put him on the mound for me. Uh, Wesley and Christian, North Carolina. So back-to-back North Carolina picks. Um, but yeah, jo- Josh Hammond is a guy that, I mean, he's been over 94, 95 several times. You mix that in with that slider, it's power stuff. And then, you know, betting on that Wake Forest stamp of approval as well again. Uh, so yeah, Josh Hammond for me, right-handed pitcher. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Um, major, major upside. Back to the pitcher well for me, and this will be my last 2026 selection. Um, right-hander Dax Hardcastle from California. Yeah. Saw an inning of him with that A's team at area code, and it was really, really good. Can really, really spin a breaking ball, really spin the fastball too, and um Got a what I think is going to be a durable, strong physical frame in the future. Um, starting pitcher outlook. Uh, I think when the phones open up for those 2026 guys, um, you know, he's going to be one of the first pitchers I think a lot of people call, especially out on the West Coast, uh, just because of the stuff, um, how he profiles long term. Um, you know, kind of a lower spin changeup, really, really high spin breaking ball, fastball velocity through strikes. So uh, excited to see uh, see his development and track him out there in California. But um, Dax Hardcastle in the 2026 class, and that gives me my eight guys in that group, and he is my fifth pitcher. So I've got three pitching spots open and one second base spot open for my roster. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, let's see. Not a lot of intrigue because we've kind of pigeonholed ourselves on right, yeah. classes here. <laughs> um, all right. So I don't you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. What would you say you need offensively? Just a second baseman. Just a second baseman. That's all I need. Yeah, okay. So I'm not I'm not in danger there. Not you can't take any more 26s, so I'm not in danger there. Okay, okay. Um Let's see here. I think I'm going to go with uh, an outfielder from the 26 class, a guy that we like. You know, we're big fans of um, 
we are big fans of sons of major leaguers. I'm going to go with Trenton Maven. Uh, electric outfielder, um, North Carolina. Hey, I'm North Carolina kids. Um, it's funny because we don't see a lot of them. But uh, yeah, Trenton Maven, 2026, freak athlete. Looks like he has a really good feel for the bat. Duke commit. Um, uh, yeah, I like, I'm liking my athleticism in the outfield. I, I'm a big fan of his. You know, we, we profiled him in an article a couple weeks ago, I think. And uh, I'm going to stay on that Maven bandwagon. Yeah, I think one of the smartest things you can do in in scouting is bet on the sons of of big leaguers, and he certainly checks that box. And he also checks the there are some really 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 good uh, exciting tools here um, as well. So yeah, good pick there. Uh, I'm gonna go add another arm, and I've got a pick from either the 2024 or the 2025 class. I'm gonna go to the 2025 class. I'm gonna go back out to California with uh, Angel Cervantes uh, mm. from Warren High School, UCLA commitment. Really liked what I saw from him. Uh, I think there's a there's a lot of upside there. Uh, it was a really kind of not funky isn't the right word, but a, a unique changeup one of those really high spin circle airbender ish types of changeups that he can throw to lefties and righties and get whiffs uh, up to 92 quick arm can move the fastball around. I think there's some obvious signs of growth, both physically and just naturally he's going to keep getting stronger and the velocity is going to keep trending up. And I think there's going to be some control. There's going to be some command. Um, he can spin a breaking ball as well. And he's got that pitch that he can really use against lefties um, with the changeup. So um, Angel Cervantes, uh, I'm going to plug him in there as uh, my last, I believe that's my last 2025 guy and uh, mm -hmm. my sixth pitcher. So two pitcher spots in second base for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to round out uh, my 25 group. Take my first catcher, um, Trent Grindlinger mm -hmm. uh, out of California. Uh Really, really good bat. Uh, advanced also um, behind the plate. So I, I only I didn't have very. I had a very small, small list um, uh, of catchers that I was choosing from, um, and I know who was in there. I think he's a one-time Long Beach commit, uh, but now is a Mississippi State commit, and obviously. Uh, I have a relationship with guy who handles the catching for Mississippi state, uh, Kyle Cheeseboro. And I know how excited he was to get Trent. Um, and I, that was a battle, wasn't it? What he was in high demand, wasn't he? Very much so. Uh, mm -hmm. very much so. So I'm going to share in cheese's excitement um, <laughs> for player acquisition by taking Trent and feel really happy really good about it because he's he's a stud um and you know i i i'm a big i'm a sucker for defensive catchers guys that can really like handle yep. a pitching staff catch and throw um and then when you look at his offensive profile and you can put that on the same player uh i feel pretty good about it so uh i'm gonna go with trent grendlinger for my first catcher of the 25 class and i'm so i'm done i'm done with 2025s yeah, you are done with uh with 2025. And yeah, he was one of one of the guys I thought was one of the best catchers I saw 
And a lot of it was what you talked about with the defense was, you know, controlling the run game. And I, there were some heavy hitters in there. Uh, we know Cheese knows catchers. He also knows NFL teams because he's a big Steelers fan. <laughs> but he he knows catchers. And Mississippi State has, um, has you know, because of that, done a really good job of the catcher position. So whenever they really like a guy and go get a guy, I think that speaks volumes, uh, especially the defensibility. Like you remember when they got Ryan Williams out of Texas – that was his calling card. Um, so they definitely look towards uh, look towards getting the, the defense um, solidified there. And if they can get a guy that can hit, which which Grandlinger uh, can, that's just an added bonus there. So uh, another pitcher for me in the 2024 class, um, I am just all about the California guys. Um, big Sasquatch, Boston Bateman, left-handed pitcher from California, LSU signee. Just a unique, like six, 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 seven, big, imposing build. I think he kind of creates some unique angle because of that. Maybe there's some kind of some steepness to the fastball. The way that curveball comes out of that slot, it just guys just do not hit the curveball. I mean, it's just it was pure domination all summer. Um, it's you know, it, it seems like a guy that's got really strong makeup reviews. Uh, has consistently gotten better, um, you know, and, and it's just a uh, it's whenever you get a lefty that throws that hard with that kind of look and that kind of breaking ball, those are some really really good ingredients to have success long term. So, um, going to put Boston Bateman in there as another pitcher. Um, so that means I've got one pitching spot left and one second base spot. I didn't I didn't anticipate how hard it would be to fill second base, um, which was it was smart of you to take a south of scene and put him there. Um, because I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, it's, well, it's, uh, I see, like I had, I had rookie penciled in as a second baseman. Cause he, yeah, played some second he base did. He put that a lot. And I'll be breakthrough team. So I, yeah, I, that's what I had him slotted as for my team. Um, okay. You took, okay. Let's see. I guess it doesn't matter. Cause you can't. The order doesn't matter because you can't get any more 26s. Uh, I'm going to fill up my um, 20, my catching spot with a 26 that I'm – you scared me a little bit um, when you took Costello and you said 26 catcher. So I was getting a little worried. <laughs> I thought you were – because I just had PTSD after you ruining my catching last week. Um, <laughs> but uh, – Brady Brady Murrieta, um, okay, is, is a big time big time catcher. Um, you know, dad's background in the game, uh, coaching, playing. Um, you know, has that you know full has a Fullerton background. Um, just uh, man, he's a, he's a really good player, um, and he makes catching look really easy. Uh, good target can really, you can just tell he has control of the game when he's back there. Um, and mm -hmm. that's a big deal to me uh, from a, um, from a baseball playing standpoint, I, I want to feel confident that my catchers can control the game back there, whether it's handling pitches, throwing, uh, controlling the running game. And again, another kid that can really hit, I mean, I, you know, with with where the catching position is at Texas right now, I, I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they would take him right now. 
um, <laughs> even though he's at 26. I wouldn't be surprised uh, but, either. But he's just that kind of player. Uh, very, very uh, advanced um, on both sides of the ball. Uh, and, you know, I, if I can get two catchers uh, with that capability as a hitter and behind the plate, uh, I'm going to feel pretty good about it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Brady Marietta right there. The good one. Yeah. And I, yeah. If he showed up and tomorrow for, for Texas, I think they'd probably be doing some backflips about, uh, you know, fitting him in there and into the, uh, into the catching mix right away. All right. So I'm left with a second baseman that uh, needs to be from the 2024 class. This is a guy that we saw play second base um, at area code. Um, part of that Yankees team that ended up winning the championship. And he was right in the middle of um, a lot of the action offensively in that title game against that loaded, loaded um, White Sox group. And I'm going to go with Brendan Lawson, um, left-handed hitter. Um, I think some people think, you know, kind of projecting him long-term as a shortstop, uh, maybe, you know, maybe even third base as well. You know, it's hard with that group because they had Owen Pino as well. Um, so they had a lot of options um, at shortstop. Um, you know, Chase Harlan was another really talented guy. But I'm going to take Brendan, uh, Brendan Lawson there. Uh, saw a couple games of him at second base. But the bat is, is I think, the calling card, the left-handed hitter, um, and the ability to, uh, to, to put the ball in play and, and put it in play hard. So I'm going to round out my group with, uh, with Brendan Lawson uh, as my second baseman in my last selection in my last uh, 2024 no, 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 no. You have one more pitcher. I do. You have one oh, more yeah. pitcher. Yep. I I misread. Okay, so I've got one more 2024 pitcher. All right, good. Because that's the class of pitchers I know the best. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, so you've got DH Util, which are super easy, and I've got pitcher, which is also easy. All right, we're good. Cruising okay. into home here. I've got I got three guys um that I'm really or in between. I can get two of them. Um, so let me see which one I definitely want. I'm going to go with a big physical bat uh, to go into my DH spot. Uh, even though he's been like like mid-upper 90s arm-wise. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to go with the number one player in New Mexico, Anthony Del Angel. De Del Angel? Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, he's a good. He's a good player. Uh, but man, he is physical. He reminds me of um. Yeah. So Del Angel or Del Angel, uh, however, however we say, it, he reminds me of um, um one of your favorites from last year, twenty three, Neomar. Choa Acosta mm -hmm. um, out of Houston area, but man, like he is a big physical presence with some really real, real bat speed. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Anthony right there um, out of New Mexico, electric player. Um, looking to see uh, he'll he'll be a monster in two years. Um, and OU commit, good get for them. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make that pick right there and slide him in as my DH. 
All right, my last selection, pitching side, 2024. I remember watching this guy, and I was like, man, this guy is going to throw really hard someday. Okay. The other day, he he touched 101.4 miles per hour. Oh. Uh, Trey Gregory Alford, uh, Virginia signee from Colorado, uh, USA baseball guy, big physical kid, and he brings the heat. And sure enough, I feel like you know people were watching him this summer, and it's like, oh man, this just wait, this guy's gonna throw really, really hard one day. And uh, turns out that day uh, was a couple days ago because he's you know routinely hitting 99, 100, and even touched 101. Uh, as he's gearing up for his season. Uh, so going to put him in there, give myself some some big heat and some big stuff to round out my pitching class there. Trey Gregory Alford, uh, Virginia signee, and a guy that uh, everybody knew about him already, but there's going to be even more people that have some interest in seeing him this spring out in Colorado um, because he's, he's bringing the heat and uh, he's going to be a potential draft guy for sure. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, I'm still, I'm still going back through. I'm still torn, still torn. Um, okay. You were trying to skirt the rules a little bit with this guy. Um, and I have a utility spot open, so I don't uh-huh. have to make a, a, a true pick, but I'm going to go, you know, we, we like talking about bloodlines, which was actually kind of one of my, my last picks. I was torn. Um, both had bloodlines, so that was that was my big um, my big thing there. But I'm gonna go with the guy who I mean a lot of people see as the best player in Florida uh, in 26 class. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jacob Lombard here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's too good to not get taken here. Um, you know, a brother that was drafted in the first round. Uh, I, I'm i going to bet that he probably ends up somewhere close to that, too. Um, so if I can end my draft on a future first rounder, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to go with Jacob Lombard, my 2026 pick right there. Yeah, his brother was a, a heck of a high school player. Um, just to, like kind of in that South of scene mold, just a really good game where they actually had some tools as well. You know, it seems like Jacob's kind of more on the the physical, um, more physical type of type of path um, compared to his to his older brother. So, yeah, it's certainly a good one. He's he's part of that group of 2026 infielders that are there's an elite tier of guys in that class. And he's certainly um, right up there with anybody. So, uh, well, that wraps us up. Those that is our national player draft, uh, 24 players, eight apiece from the 2024 class, 2025 class, and 2026 class. Uh, my roster, just to recap, um, at catcher, I've got uh, Dylan Moss, and I've also got Andrew Costello, uh, from the 2026 class. First base, I've got Ryan Harwood from the 2026 class, left handed hitter from out in Arizona. Uh, I've got Brendan Lawson at second base in the 2024 class. Um, Ethan Holiday was my keeper. Uh, put him at third base from the 2025 class. Uh, Alex Harrington, shortstop in the 2026 class out from California. 
Uh, the outfield goes Dean Moss, Brady Harris, PJ Orlando, and Slade Caldwell. Um, Moss from the 2025 class, Harris 2026, and then Orlando and, and Caldwell 2024. DH, one of my favorite left-handed hitters, uh, Brady Ebel from the 2025 class. And then Utility, we got Connor Griffin from 2024, Billy Carlson from 2025, Rookie Shepard from 2026, Justice DeYoung from 2025, and then Xavier Nans from 2025 as well. And my pitching staff uh, ended up with a lot of California flavor. Seth Hernandez from 25, Levi Sterling uh, from 25 or from 24, Joey Oki from 2024, um, big tall RJ Cope from 2026, um, and then Dax Hardcastle 2026 righty from California, Angel Cervantes 2025 Cal uh, California righty, Boston Sasquatch Bateman big old lefty from California in the 2024 class, and then the Fireballer himself from Mountain Colorado, Trey Gregory Alford from the 2024 class. Yeah, it's a loaded group. Um, for me, I got Trent Grinlinger, Brady Murrieta behind the plate, uh, Noah Franco at first, Ty Southasine, Caleb Bonimer, Sean Gamble uh, is my starting infield, Quentin Young, Sam Richardson, Everett Johnson, Trenton Maven in the outfield, Anthony Dell on Hell as my DH, uh, utility spots, Bryce Rayner, Eli Willits, Tate Southasine, Coy James, Jacob Lombard. As my utility guys and on the mound, I have Kim Caminiti, Cruz Schoolcraft, Duncan Marston, Ethan Schiefelbein, uh, Connor Langdon, Kevin Roberts, Brody Bumula, and Josh Hammond on the mound. Um, man, <laughs> I have a whole like it's funny, we always talk about this, but just looking at the guys on my big board that are left, uh, we could some pretty good, um. Pretty pretty good names there. Oh uh, gosh, so. yeah, yeah. Especially um, especially the infielders. So you just go on for days naming those guys. Yeah, um, but funny like uh, twenty four shortstops. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of those. We left the, left out Carter Johnson, Owen Pano, Charlie Bates. Um, man, so I think really, it also really it speaks players. to too. Like you, you look at you know people who dissect the draft and project it there's not one of those you know surefire prep shortstops um you know we obviously really like Bryce Rayner but I mean he's definitely a two-way guy and even if he's a position guy I think some scouts are going to have questions about you know is he going to be a third baseman just because of the size and and projecting that long term um yeah it's just usually there's like four or five guys that are just like oh this guy's gonna be a first round shortstop in the class um I really consider Charlie Bates because I think of of the guys he could kind of emerge, but he's also a Stanford signee from Palo Alto, which makes him probably about as tough of a sign to get away from Stanford as as, uh, as Stanford has had. So, uh, yeah, it's you kind of look at twenty four, and then you look at twenty five and twenty six, and it's a stark difference between the infielders. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who's the so what? Do you have any picks of mine that you're just like, oh, felt like I stole one from you, or what do you got? Uh the the South Esteens, um, um, and even that was I, my that was my last pick. I was wrestling. I almost took Troy, uh, as my last pick, uh, mm. to, to get all three of them. Get all of them, yeah, uh, or to get three of the four at least. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm trying to I'm going back through the the. One that I felt 
Brady Harris was one that I was going to be, uh, that I had penciled in pretty high. And R Rookie Shepard was another one. Um, that was one. I was getting close to my target area for him. Um, yeah, I should have just took, it, took Willits and put him in second. Um, but I didn't anticipate how difficult it would be to fill second base. Because um, a lot of those guys, you know, they're shortstops or – you know, okay, well, they project maybe as a third baseman. Um, you know, they get many guys that kind of project as a shortstop or or a second baseman. Um, but, so, yeah, in hindsight, I should have just taken Wilts and put him at second. Because we've seen him play second before, although I think he's a phenomenal defensive shortstop that's yeah. going to play there long term. But, yeah, that one hurt. Um, I wanted one of Slade Caldwell or Everett Johnson. Um, you know, obviously, okay, good. I, I was I, – Everett was one I was like – I was – I was hoping I could push him a little bit longer to, to take some guys, mm -hmm. but I that would have been one that would have hurt because you remember I was a giant fan. Like, yes. He was up there with the South Azines for me out there in California, and that, that'll tell you how much I like him. So Yeah, yeah, um, he was – yeah, he's really good. Yeah, so I wanted – I was like, oh, I want one of Slade or I want one of Everett um, because they're they're pretty similar players and just how much – how much fun was watched them and, and what kind of talent they have. Um, yeah. I thought Noah Franco would maybe last a little bit longer just because he's a 2024 and that would have been an easy one to kind of plug in there, whether it's utility or first base. Um, so that one sung a little bit. Obviously I knew Quentin Young was going to go super early, but I, I'd made up my mind that I wouldn't set their name when the first pick. So I knew I was like, all right, well, I'm probably going to lose Quentin Young. Just have to have to live with that. But um, yeah, especially with, you know, since you, you did. You're not, yeah, yeah you're not dropping. If, if, it's funny because if you would have taken, if you would have taken Quentin, I might have taken Seth right there mm. too. So, because if you're not, if you're not taking Marcos pause, like there's a little bit of a, a drop, I think, in what the pitching looks like in that class, at least right now, uh, with, with the 2025 group. Uh, so yeah, I was like, well, I feel very convicted that Seth Hernandez is going to have major, major staying power as the, the top pitching prospect in that class. Lock him in there, um, but yeah, the the Willits one. I should just take him and put him in second. That was that was dumb on my part. I was overthinking that because I just like I knew twenty twenty six group. Had to, you had I to take I him early. Going to get very long on him. Yeah, yeah for you. It's just like looking at that twenty six group. It's just kind of an embarrassment of riches with the infielders. I mean, there are guys that we didn't take that um, are really really good players and and are you know going to end up being you know phenomenal players and maybe even better than. Um, than where they're currently projected, which is extremely high. So, um, yeah, was a fun fun exercise, and um, yeah, there's definitely some guy like it, like a you know, like a Keon Johnson or somebody like that that uh, that could have easily been in the mix there. So I was like, yeah, you know, there's so many infielders in 26. I'll just wait and wait and wait and, and take take those guys. And um, you know, I could have just helped myself and put rookie Shepard at second, but that's okay. Um, it was fun to watch him catch. I, he'll probably end up in the infield, but it was like watching him back there. I was like, ah, you know, this is there's there's something to this. Yeah, he's he's a special player. I'm big big fan of his. All right, well, there we go. There you have it. So. Yeah, fun, really fun exercise. Obviously, these guys are all extremely talented. It's gonna be really fun to watch their their springs, and then for the senior guys, how they fit into the draft picture or how they fit into the future college picture. And then with these 2025s and 2026s, um, you know, hopefully get some eyes on these guys again next summer. But certainly 
Uh, we'll be out covering a lot of these guys, uh, especially the California guys and the Arizona guys for the upcoming season um, during the high school ranks um, as, as that gets going here uh, really, really soon. Um, all right. Well, that's our national player draft. Again, get to uh, you can follow the podcast at five tool pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll probably have some images up at some point, kind of laying these picks out for you and nice, nice, clean, sharp looking images. They can get a quick little look. Um, at those rosters. Um, and then we've got, you know, for so many of these guys in their profile, we've got a lot of video as well. And even, you know, for the younger guys, um, reports from those guys that we saw in Area Code or Arizona Fall Classic or or wherever it is. So go check out that coverage as well. But uh, you got anything else before we get out of here? I saw Dan Quinn. Is he is he making a move before we, we yes. jump on the podcast here? Yep, heading to Washington. Um, okay. I'm not, not too concerned about it, to be honest. Um, I dan quinn fan definitely um but i think that for the cowboys something needed to change um and it wasn't going to be that's fair on the offensive side of the ball now i may feel differently here soon uh depending upon what kind of hire they make but um i feel pretty good about it uh to this point now we'll see what happens see if he takes a bunch of staff with him uh that kind of stuff but for now i'm not I, I I'm a lot less concerned about it today than I would have been a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess basically pre playoff game. I just didn't understand what we were trying to do there. Um, and yeah, so I we'll see. We'll see. I I'm shocked at the Ben Johnson uh, sticking around in Detroit. I, that seemed to be the job that was his, that he was taking. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, Mike McDonald, I like that hire uh, for the for Seattle. Um, but shocked that you know you go a whole cycle with no, nothing happening for Brabel. Maybe maybe that's where the Cowboys go for defensive coordinator. Um, that mm. might be one of my first calls. But but yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, who you got in the Super Bowl? I think Chiefs. If I rem- if I remember, your you pick. Did you pick both of those? Uh, and you got both because you went San Francisco. Yes, like we we wanted the Lions to win, but I picked the 49ers to win. Man, I that looked pretty good there for a while for me. Um heartbreaking loss. It's the second um, time the 49ers but, have basically like yeah. gifted stuff to the other team and just pulled out a win. Like I, I don't know. They got a lot of things on their side right now, but I just, to me, it's as simple as, are you going to bet on Patrick Mahomes or are you going to bet on Brock Purdy? And I'm, I'm going to bet on, I'm going to bet on Patrick Mahomes in, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 Cause that 49ers defense has been. Yeah. They're susceptible. They have some holes. Yeah. If Josh Reynolds can catch the football, the lions are probably in, probably in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couple of, okay. I feel I feel for Goth because he played phenomenal uh, decision making accuracy. It was it was all really really good. So yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, you know, I'm getting tired of them winning so much, but I think it's kind of as simple as you get to pick a quarterback in the Super Bowl, and I'll take the one that's really really good and done it before um, compared to uh, to the other guy. So yeah, I'll um, blame you. All right, yeah, so. Go with the Chiefs. But all right, that wraps us up. Um, again, you can follow the podcast at 5 Tool Pod. Uh, follow me and Drew on Twitter, Drew H. Bishop, Dustin L. McComas. Keep it locked into 5 especially as we're ramping up for the high school season. 
Um, weather permitting, I'm going to go to a scrimmage this weekend. Um, of course, the first first weekend I start eyeing things to go to, everybody's juggling weather already. Uh, Got to love oh, yeah. Texas in February. Um, but keep it locked into 5tool.org. And, uh, you know, if you're a player, um, you know, look into those, those uh, the player profile, the subscription, unlocking all that, those videos and all the coverage that we have there. Uh, really, really highly recommend that, that people check that out, especially as we get going and covering a lot of these guys in the high school season. But uh, for Drew, I'm Dustin. Uh, until we talk to you all next time, have a good week, have a good weekend, and take care.